Hey everyone, welcome to the Magical Stories of Healing and Spiritual Gifts podcast. Um, I'm David Staub. I'm here with my wonderful wife, Megan. Hi everyone. And we are, uh, again, so very excited to bring you someone that's very special to both myself and Megan. Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy how you come across some people and you just have a great connection. And we always have. Not only that, though, she's just uh, has some pretty cool spiritual gifts, has an amazing story. And we just can't wait to chat with her. Um, and her name is Zoma. And she's a spiritual counselor, master in oriental medicine and nutritional specialist. Uh, thank you for making time for us, Zoma. Thank you so much for having me, David and Megan. Yay. Well, and the other thing that we didn't mention also is that Zoma has helped me so much. So, so much. So Megan pre-ayahuasca was a very, very sick Megan. And I have tried everything. And um, Zoma was a godsend for me. You know, David actually found her first. Um at uh, this pharmacy in Austin, People's Pharmacy, and um, man, my insomnia was just horrible, nothing helped, and I tried everything from so many different doctors, even holistic ones, but every time she would recommend a a supplement um, to my husband for me, it always helped. And I am just so excited to um, have you like teach us, you know, like things that are good for us because people don't know. And there are so many people, I have so many other friends that feel sick like me. And there's so many people that have been in our community that are struggling with things, whether it be like, what do I eat? Everything, you know, causes inflammation, you know, to insomnia. And so I'm just super excited to have you. Oh, thank you. And Megan, you were just so proactive and wonderful. It was a joy to be a servant. Well, awesome. Well, we can't wait to get into it. You've had some really, really interesting and uh, just profound experiences in your life. But before we get into all of that, um, tell us a little bit about your childhood. Uh, did you how you know, did you grow up religious or spiritual? Um, you know, did you have any spiritual gifts at a young age? Like, just tell us how you grew up. Well, I was born in Puerto Rico. <laughs> nice. Puerto Rico. And, love it. Uh, and I was raised a Catholic. Mm-hmm. And it was very important for my parents that I that we lived across the street from the Catholic Church. So um, I came to uh, New York, New York um, in Brooklyn when I was about four, four or five years old. And... Um, Basically, I would say that I was open at that time. I could kind of sense when things were going to happen. Uh, so that that opening was there, yes. Wow. <laughs> so you, you had a little bit of an ability to kind of like get a premonition before something happened, even at a young age. Correct, correct. Oh, wow, that's crazy. That's wow. amazing. There's kind of sensing where people are. So for me, it's more like an intuitive knowing where a person is emotionally and spiritually at that level and being able to communicate and tap into that person at the level that they're at and helping to bring that light in. Wow. Now, that's beautiful. Now, before we get into the near-death experience, um... I, we do want to ask you some things before that time frame. You know, 
was there ever anything traumatic that occurred in, to, in your life um, up and to the point before the near-death experience? Yes, yes. Um, in my childhood, my father was an alcoholic, and mm. so that was very painful. Mm. And and so it, it's been a healing process. So I had a near-death experience when I was in the fourth grade, and then I had another transformative experience that was even more powerful than that. Um, and that's the one that I really wanted to share with everyone because it is about everyone, about everyone's inheritance of joy, of peace, of of the glory that we really are. And um, so, yeah, so it was painful when I was a child, um, but I it was important for me to do good in school. Um, so that, there was that dichotomy kind of craziness in the house. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yet, you know what I mean? And yet... Um, yes, I can resonate with that. do everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. that's so tough. And as a child, you just you don't know why. You just know it's happening. And we don't really realize how that affects us until later on in life. Oh, wow. My, my stepfather right. was an alcoholic, and it was scary. Uh-huh. It was very scary. And so... Yeah. And I too, because of that though, I like wanted to always succeed in, in life, you know, and, and so I just resonate with all of that. Now, you are an amazing practitioner as far as like, you know, a healer. You are a really gifted healer. And um, I'm curious, did you always know that you wanted to get into like the health profession, you know, to be a healer or did that is that something that awakened or was planted, you know, in your heart after that uh, really profound near-death experience that you had that we will get to? Mm-hmm. Um, well, yes, um, because, you know, we're beings of love, and so there, there is that sense of wanting to connect and wanting to help those that you feel were suffering around you, even those that might be a perpetrator or whatever role they were playing or everyone else in the family or in the world, you just know about the vulnerability that really is within and, and about the barriers that people put up in order to protect themselves and, yeah. and what they do. So, um, and my, um, and part of the decisions that I made in order to go into this healing uh, practice is that I wanted to help uh, the underprivileged, then I wanted to help the environment, so I kind of geared my studies towards those those avenues. Oh, I love that. I love it. You have, <laughs> you've always, I know when I, I met you and I told, it's crazy because you know, I've, I meet a lot of people, especially like running kind of a direct sales company. I meet a lot of people, but you had such an immediate impact. Your aura is incredible. Like it really oh, is. Like I could just tell you had such no, a good heart. he came home telling me about you. I was like, you got to meet this lady. She's incredible. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. He's uh, like, do you think she's an angel? Oh right. I was like, well, I, it takes one to know one. I would say you both have an incredible aura and oh. are such go-getters. Uh, you are such an example. My goodness. Wow. Oh, thank we you. you. Well, <laughs> I mean it. Um, wait, so I have a question for you. So this whole, you know, with Western medicine, I know, you know, through our story, we went through the ringer with Western medicine mm-hmm. and it just 
fail after fail and like tens of thousands of dollars and nothing really worked for us. When, when did you, cause, uh, we're, I want to, the next question I'm going to have is just a little bit about the Chinese medicine and the Oriental medicine we're so interested in, but when did you make the transition in your life? Cause we're all conditioned all about Western medicine. That's how we're conditioned towards. Um, but what, um, when did you make the transition from Western, um, to Eastern and Oriental? Well, this is interesting. <clears throat> when I was a child, I remember, I didn't know why, but I do believe that we've had other uh, experiences in this world, even though we really have one life, but that's another story. Oh. But in one of my incarnations, <laughs> I was Chinese, I was told. Anyway, as a kid, I would stand in front of the mirror and kind of press on myself and think, you know, if I press on these points, somehow it's going to help with my healing. I just remember that. Now, I grew up Catholic. I grew up in a Hispanic culture. Uh, so there wasn't anything that would let me know about that. But anyway, I went to school, and um, I thought I would study law. But then I thought, well, maybe I can do something to help people before they wound up in, in there. Wow. And then after... <laughs> after after I went to university, I was I was um, a little bit discouraged. It wasn't what I was thinking, and uh, this is when I had this powerful experience. And then after this powerful experience, I decided to study biology science. And I have always felt that nature is a healer, which it is, mm-hmm. and it, and you can have anyone of <clears throat> any level of awareness, and they can connect to nature. So. Uh, I studied ecology, and then um, so I did that, and that was that was nice. And then um, I got into Oriental medicine because I was doing exercises and things, but I still I, I didn't really know about nutrition or anything. I used to think frozen healthy foods were good, and I used to eat more uh, grains and carbs. And uh, so one time when I was doing an exercise, I, I felt a little dizzy when I did one of those incline exercises where you kind of go up and down. So I went to this place. I hope I'm not talking too much. But no, I, no, no, no. This is great. To this uh, little Chinese kind of little store. This was in Dallas. Uh, by the gym that I used to go to, uh, the 24-hour fitness. And when I went in there, uh, the lady that was there, they did like a free evaluation and she looked at my tongue and she like freaked out. And I was like, oh my God, what's going on, you know? (laughs) So I did research um, and she said I had some stagnation. So then I did research on that and I called the school in, in Dallas and I said, can I talk to somebody to help me? And this very kind gentleman who was one of the professors, he talked to me and I went there and he actually just talked to me and explained to me about things. And that's when I decided to get treatment because that was so kind. And um, and when I got the treatment, oh my God, I just felt so good. My yeah. circulation, everything, it, it yes. made such a difference. <clears throat> oh my and gosh. And that's yeah. how I started. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, <clears throat> acupuncture was a godsend for me. I mean, it absolutely, oh. if I had flare-ups and I had a lot of severe inflammation in my body, if I went to acupuncture, yeah. it worked. You know, I had, in fact, I had gone, this is many, many years ago, I'd gone to a, like a music festival where you camp. I can't even imagine doing that now, but, <clears throat> and I got back and I got really sick from there. And I don't know if it was a tick bite or what. I, I I don't know, but like I'm talking, like I had a fever that lasted more than five days, and I could not break it, and it was horrible. And I'd gone to you know conventional doctor, and nothing you know worked. And my mom was like, "Why don't you go to your acupuncturist that you go to when you have flare-ups on your for your inflammation?" I'm like, "But that's for my inflammation." She was like, "Megan, like just go." And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get there because I was so sick. And that was before Uber. But I went. I managed oh. to get myself there. And an hour after treatment, that fever was completely gone. And yeah. I'm just convinced that it can help so many things. And, yeah, circulation as well. And so and you know, even the herbs, you know, like they would give me what they would call a... Um, herbal tea which i don't know why they call it that because that does not taste like a tea at all um it was like the worst tasting i would make me want to throw up but man i would literally drink that nasty stuff he'd give me these weird things to put on the stove with water and drink and girl my inflammation was gone i mean so yeah. it, it all works speaking of herbs though do you have any herbs that you recommend that like everyone like everyone needs to know about that you truly believe in and like what healing properties they have well right now i'm, I'm focusing more on the functional medicine than doing uh, acupuncture and herbs i'm not doing that now but i can say that in, in oriental medicine um everyone you might have the same diagnosis let's say as david but because of your constitution and what's going on with you <coughs> Uh, in the way that Chinese medicine does diagnosis, you would have uh, a different uh, remedy, a different <clears throat> herb. So, yeah, so, and then the herbs are really, it's a gift that comes from China. Their medicine has, is, uh, a lot of people around the world use oriental medicine because it, it, it works. It works in an energetic level, and that's what attracted me to it because. Before an illness manifests, oriental medicine is geared to the physics of the symptoms to help to alleviate and to resolve whatever obstructions or, you know, uh, imbalances are occurring. So, um, you know, the herbs are warm and some are cold and some are yeah. medium and some are, so it just, and they go to their target size, but there isn't one herb you know, in particular that I would say can help. So people take things like cordyceps or different herbs that are really like Chinese herbs that help. So right. it, it just depends. <laughs> now, it makes sense because everyone's body chemistry and energetic field is different. So, I mean, it, that does make sense. But that's a good question. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, and I, I know everyone's different. Uh, so it, diet's always a big topic out there. And, you know, I know everyone's different, so different things can work from different people. But totally curious, you know, you 
uh, being in the healing field, a holistic nutritionist, what, what's your opinion on, or what are your beliefs around, like, which diet has the most healing benefits, or... Or what does your diet look Yeah, what like? is your diet? Just, just totally yeah. curious, your diet, yeah. My diet... Uh, well, I would have to say that because of today's world and because of the level of toxins that are in the air we breathe, you know, and creams that we might apply, foods that we eat, <clears throat> excuse me, that it's really important to eat organic as much as possible. Right. Yeah. Because those, the glyphosate and those other toxins and the adjuvants that they add to those toxins are really detrimental to health. Their DNA mutagens, their endocrine disruptors, uh, they cause cancer, their neurotoxins, you know, so so that's going to be one of the most important things. And then I kind of work with people depending on where they're at. Um, um, I would say vegetable-based, so, so many times I tell people, see a plate, half of your plate and unlimited leafy greens yep. or green vegetables. Yep. One-fourth of the plate is going to be, maybe if you have some, you know, some beans or some rice or um, brown rice or some some more of the root type of vegetables, if you can tolerate it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some people... Maybe they can't, and then right. one fourth would be the protein. If you, you know, like uh, fish, you know, uh, well caught salmon or grass-fed beef or, you know, non-anti, you know, antibiotic-free chicken, things like that, and and having healthy fats. But again, it depends on where that person is. Um, that I might vary that for them and see do they have food sensitivities? Are they sensitive to dairy? You know, uh, I say avoid soy. Are they sensitive oh, yeah. to uh, yeah. nuts? You know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I when I lived but in New York, half of your plate vegetables. Yep. <laughs> what yep. do you think about fruits and what do you think about cooking oils? Um, I I you can use um I. I Coconut oil I use very rarely, but I recommend it. Um, there's avocado oil. I would say no trans fat, no corn oils, or you know those kind of oils are, are not healthy at all. Right. So I do believe that fats are really fats are really important. Good fats. Right. Okay. Yeah. And and what about fruit? Fruit also. Uh, fruit have a lot of antioxidants in there. They they have a lot of vitamins. They're important. Again, it depends on a person. If somebody has a blood sugar dysregulation issue and they're pre-diabetic, then they're going to have to limit their fruit. Right. Um, that doesn't mean you're going to deny it. You might go more with the berries, and that would be you know blackberries, raspberries, things like that, and in moderation. But fruits, I think, are wonderful. Right. Good. Cool. And that and is that what your regimen, your diet is, is what you were mentioning before? Yes. Basically, my diet is like that. Uh, uh, yes. Got it. Okay. Um. <laughs> oh, so I wanted to ask you, because I know you're a huge lover of animals like myself, and uh-huh. I know that we've had conversations about animal communication and studying it. Is that something yeah. that you're still interested in studying? 
Yes, definitely. And then I have to say, Megan, you're such a go-getter and such an inspiration because I told you about, you know, the woman from Australia was doing this marvelous work and there's many people. And then you're out there and you're doing it. And I think that's just great, this communication that we can have with, I say, our brothers and sisters. Uh, mm. They do such a service. Yes, they're amazing. And, yeah unconditional love and the wisdom that they have so it, it's it's an amazing thing that you're pursuing and if i could be there to learn with you uh count me in yes yeah i i gosh <laughs> animals are just an incredible and um, yeah. now i've always had a crazy connection with animals like always i mean i was always coming home with a cat or mm. kitten and you know, telling my family, oh, it just showed up when I really got it from like my best friend's house, you know, because they had a litter. I mean, not all the time. I, I, but you know, animals were very therapeutic, which they are because I went through such horrific abuse and like they were so healing for me. And have you always had a strong connection with animals or is it something that kind of like opened up after your near death experience that we're about to get to? Oh no, we, we always, I always had I always loved animals when I was a child, always. Oh, that's awesome. We're still a child. We're still children. That's right. Well said. (laughs) All right. So uh, we would love you to take us through, talk us through your near-death experience that was so profound. Like, how did it, what happened before? How did it start? Take us through everything. Yeah. Okay. So so there, there are two experiences. And the near-death experience, I would say, was an introduction to the other profound experience that I had, where I felt the oneness with the Creator and the oneness with all of us in this universe. And so I was in the fourth grade, and and I had, um, like, a pain on my side, and then, you know, wound up in the hospital, and... And when they were wheeling me in, um, I could I saw I saw my body being wheeled. In other words, my my spirit had lifted out, and I can just see my body, you know, being wheeled wow. into the emergency room. <clears throat> and um, but what happened? Excuse me. Um, this is this is my experience. My experience was that oh. I felt the essence of who I was, a being of profound love. We are the activity of love. Mm. Love is what we are. And so that's what I felt, just this overflowing compassion. And so I thought, where is my family? And so in that realm, like in this realm of the earth, there's friction. Like you think of something and, you know, it kind of goes through phases. There's like this, this, the momentum is slowed down by this friction before something manifests, like when you have a thought. But when you, when I was in that plane, like whatever I thought, zoom, it was like, whoosh. I wow. was, I was there. I was at my family. I could see my, I was standing, hovering over the bed, you know, and I could see my family there, my sister, my mother, etc. And, um, there, there they were, and I just loved them. And then I went kind of back, and then I went through, like, this tunnel. Um, I don't remember if the tunnel was first or what, but when I went through the tunnel, it was like at warp speed. 
it was faster than fast, and then I wind up uh, in this light. I was in this light. Now, in that near-death experience, I could not remember. I cannot remember my experience there. The only other thing I remember is that I was standing in this portal, this huge portal, and this beam of light was standing next to me, and um, his his uh, where his face was be was was so glowing in this beautiful blue light, like laser blue, calm blue light. And I knew I had to come back, and I wanted to stay. But I knew at that time that I had work to do, that I had to come back and 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 do some things that I couldn't stay behind. And I felt really sad about that. And wow. then the next thing I was, I was back in the hospital. Wow. So, <laughs> and the other experience was I have to. I had gone. Uh, to university, and then I thought I don't think I want to be an attorney. And I was standing in front of this tree. This was in Jersey City, and this was I. I felt like I was this essence of me was incredible. It, it was like uplifted, and I was one with this tree. That's why I love trees. Mm. And um, but I felt a sensation of like waking up. I I literally when I kind of came to the essence of my beingness, the truth of being, I felt literally like like in the human terms, like I was waking up. And then I just felt this majesty and this glory. It was euphoric. It was orgasmic. And then um, I felt a, a oneness with with this tree. I was one with the tree. Yet I had my own experience of myself as one with the tree. So I feel that in a way that's how we're all connected. Mm. So anything. Then, then the other thing is, all of a sudden, I was like in the universe. <laughs> well, total universe. Wow. And. In the presence of God, and I, I read a lot of different uh, literature and things like that, spiritual literature, things that can help me understand and bring me back to that experience that I lived and moved and had my being in the Creator. And that's exactly how I felt. I was totally free, and, and there was no past. That you're gonna feel guilty and rotten about. There was no future to dread. It was an eternity that I was gone. <clears throat> I felt it was an eternity that I was gone, and yet it was fresh and new each at the moment. It was just fresh and new and alive, with glory and experience, and 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 um. And then I felt that I was just being. This happened when I was, and I, I don't believe in time, and this doesn't exist, but there was no time. It's like I knew, I knew things when I was that, when I was wow. identified with the truth of who we are. This is not something that is just me, and that's why I feel grateful for the opportunity to say this is who we are. We are this being of tremendous knowledge and wisdom 
realization. We just know because the Creator gives all to all. I experienced that truth. Then I had an experience and, 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 um, where everyone was there. You were there. <laughs> wow. Everyone was there, but not as a physicality because the experience of this expansiveness uh, without limit, this um, cannot be contained in a barrier or in a limitation that the body represents. Rather, we are, I felt when I, when everyone was there from universes and universes and universes that the more I was connected, it was like a, a chorus, an epiphany of, 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 of relation of music. The more I was connected and sharing, the more there was this oneness, but I still felt um, an individuated in a sense. The more I was connected, the more I had a sense of me in that respect. But we were one, we were, we were all one. And that is what I feel, we all are one, and we are all trying to remember this. Then, I was in this joy and, 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 and this glory where I knew, where you just know everything and you, and you feel the love of the Creator. And um, anyway, all of a sudden, it was like universe upon universe. I was aware of universe upon universe. I mean, like every blade of grass, every tree, every rock, or every dimension of universe, I was aware of it. It was like um, multi-dimensional. Wow. <laughs> you know, I, don't know. I was aware of it. And you know what? It was limitless. Mm. It was limitless. It was limitless. And so when I had that profound realization, it's limitless all that we are. It's limitless all that we're connected to. Because we are one with the Creator. We cannot be separate. All that the Creator is, we are one with the Creator. And we are beings of love. So it was limitless, my awareness of all these dimensions, all these universes and universes. And when I had that aha moment, then them I kind of came back I came back I felt like I was going to sleep again literally I felt like I was going to sleep but before I forgot to mention something when I woke up that I told you that I woke up mm -hmm. I was standing there looking around looking at the tree looking around me but I could see that that was not me. I could see it as a projection. In other words, that for me, the experience I had, and that's why I like A Course in Miracles, for me, it was a projection. I understood totally at that moment. It was like a projection, you know, like when you go to the movies and they're playing and they're going to, you know, you go in there early and then they're going to start the movie and you see that, you hear that chick, chick, chick and then you see the light come in and it's projecting onto the screen. Yeah. That's exactly how I saw myself. I saw, I was moving around, I was smiling, I was standing there and, uh, but I knew that was just a projection. So, 
this ex- so this experience said, okay, so who am I really? You know, it's where I am now, and this who what uh, to re-identify with that. So anyway, when I came back and I felt like I was going back to sleep, then I was I was I was in an awareness of my physical physicality of my body. And let me tell you something. This is another thing. <laughs> I saw when I was in the plane of eternity that I was gone for millions and millions and millions of years for an eternity and when I came back it felt like it was a nanosecond wow wow a nanosecond not even one not even a whole second so it's not like that experience so time I know is illusionary uh even though we're in this realm of time and of course we're obeying the laws of time but um uh, so that was the experience that has really stayed with me because I felt the love of the Creator. Um, and of course, you know, with the difficult childhood and understanding of that and understanding the lessons that I came to learn or let go of ideas, that's the way that I see it, of beliefs, um, in order for me to remain and to stay in the awareness of my true being of self and I feel that that being that joy that peace that I had is what everyone is Mm. absolutely everyone the creator has no favorites but people are awakening at different levels at different even though I believe in my belief system that only what the creator made is real and so this other this plane where there's pain and suffering is illusionary. That doesn't mean that we do not honor and we do not heal and we do not do the things that we came to do in this world. But it it doesn't have any foundation because we are as what we were created, and that's that's uh, how it is for me. Wow, I ha- I'm curious. Whenever you had that experience, could you remember like your family? Could you remember like your life that you just left, or or does that all that memory go away? Well, I was in the in the universe. In other words, the we are all a family already. The other things in my experience, and I, 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 I it's like a role that we're all playing. We're like these beings of tremendous power, uh, unlimited in understanding and joy and creative potential and creative ability in balance, in, in goodness, in kindness. And we forgot. Mm. We forgot that because we're playing a game. And if I may, there's, you know, the old Star Trek. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you I used to watch that when I was little. You know what? It's I, pretty amazing. There is one story there that I think it's kind of explained quite explained. It was a historical episode. It was a historical episode because it was the first time that a black woman and a white man uh, a Lieutenant Hoover and Captain Kirk kissed. <laughs> and it, it had, <laughs> that was the first time that that was ever two, you know, two races kissed on television. Wow. But um, 
Um, what happened was that, you know, Captain Kirk and all of them, they wound up in the spaceship, and all of a sudden they wind up in this planet, and there's this little, there's a being there who looks like a, a Bonaparte, and who's kind of mischievous and actually almost diabolical, and he's having them go through all these experiences, so in one of them he is like Bonaparte. And so then all of a sudden they're going to go somewhere. Then the other one, he's like Caesar. Like, in other words, um, whole crew finds themselves in different roles and playing in different time eras. Wow. And each one is one that is really difficult. And so that's the, where they say, what are we going to do to get out of this? You know, they, they, you know uh, everyone is like beside themselves. And so at one point, that's when he has Captain Kirk and Lieutenant Uhura come together and she goes, I'm sorry, Captain Kirk, I'm sorry, I don't know. He goes, I'm sorry, it's okay. And then they kiss. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So then as all this is going on and this little guy is going, yeah, yeah, you hear a voice from the universe. You hear a voice from the universe and it says, Son, son, where are you? And it's this beams of light. And he says, come, we're looking for you. And so he goes, oh, mom, no, or, or whatever he says, no. And he and then he has to come because he has to stop playing. Oh, wow. So and then they go to Captain Kirk and everyone, please forgive him. Please forgive him. He is only a child. Wow. So I thought that was pretty profound. And, and many times I use that as a metaphor for, in a way, because people say, well, why are we here? Why are we suffering? Yeah. And uh, in a sense, we didn't remember. We don't remember uh, that we made a decision to forget who we are. Wow. And that's what I believe. Because who we are and are that is unchanging, unchangeable, and forever cannot be changed. Who we are. That's amazing. Wonderful and pure and whole and whole. And and so in a sense there's an innocence and in the ignorance. There's mm. an innocence and in the ignorance and that's where we all are. And so uh, when you had said to write the bio you know, a little thing, and I said, forgiveness is the key. So we forgive that ignorance. Mm. We yeah, forgive that. that ignorance, the innocent, not forgetting that power. Now we appreciate that power. And now I said, well, I had that power, and now, you know, now I'm making a living. I want to make sure I pay my rent, that I can pay the cost, that I can see the, my, my companion kitties. You know? <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> well, man, I mean, gosh, that's probably, I'm assuming, going to bring so many people comfort knowing all of this. Now, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like whenever you and I have had, you know, I've I've heard this, you know, uh, some of this story before and it touched me. And, um, but, and correct, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I could have swore that you mentioned that, and maybe you were saying there wasn't. So, again, correct me if I'm wrong. But I thought that you had okay. said that there is like a like hell type realm. Is that true, or do I do I have that completely wrong? Is there a darker uh, realm? There, there is a darker realm. Uh, 
this is what I believe, and and them just because I was an I'm an avid researcher, uh, and an avid researcher for people who have had near death experiences. In the realm of truth, in the realm of truth and light, there is no such such a thing as hell. However, what happens is that when people live this leave this realm. They have certain beliefs that they have become attached to and identified to. So uh-huh. you kind of go into the realm of that consciousness. So thoughts are things. Realm, but it's not a realm that exists. It's not God who made that. We're not meant to suffer. So you hear, I've heard other like this this man called Brian Longhurst, who for years he's talked with Jesus, and he goes to different realms, and they go to save people. And it talks about Jesus going to people who, in their consciousness, because of what they have identified with the guilt, man, and and, wow. the, and the belief in punishment, create a realm like this for themselves. In other words, the Creator has nothing to do with that. I, I, this makes sense to me. Mm. I mean, yeah. I I am such a powerful manifester just using affirmations in my life and, and saying, like, I am yada, yada, yada. And so it is. And so, like, it <laughs> makes sense that... And you can also attract what you fear if, like, you have that much focus and energy on it, mm-hmm. you know? So it totally makes sense that you could... Yeah. manifest that for yourself all right so everyone right now stop those beliefs like <laughs> wow I, I don't, real quick question maybe, maybe i missed this your your second near-death experience what caused it uh, it wasn't a near-death experience oh. i had a near-death experience with my appendix the other one is i was i i wanted to be holy now i don't mean that in a how would they say like, oh, I want to be holy, but um, because of what I had gone, I thought, oh, maybe I'll be a monk or maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it, it sounds very similar to a, uh, to a some psych- to find the holiness. I said, oh, okay. And so as I was standing in front of this tree, I had the experience that I did. But the experience is that we are holy. And that's what I'm learning, and that's why I love the Course in Miracles, because it's really about self-love and saying we are holy. That's what we have to claim. Yes. We yes. have to claim our sinlessness and our innocence, and know that the other thing is an insane belief and idea. Being beings of consciousness, being beings of consciousness, our thoughts are create things, and that's what we are learning that boy we better we better be careful what ideas we're identifying with wow. but the good news is the good news is that only what the creator made is real mm. wow i love that everything else is not that's amazing. but we have to hold that yeah we have to hold that yeah so were you oh you after that incredible profound experience were you opened up more to your spiritual gifts Everyone has spiritual gifts. Uh, the spiritual gifts is is through our own healing. That's what I find, and that's that. What I'm finding now, as I've um, as I've come to terms to understand and to be more in the love and the forgiveness and the understanding and letting go of resentments and angers. Uh, every moment 
it's a continual practice because the price for liberation is constant vigilance. It isn't vig- it's a vigilance to be happy, a vigilance to claim one's joy, a vigilance to entertain light, the opposite of what the world says. That is what's going to get us into the awareness of where we really are and can never have, never could have left. And uh, did I answer your question? Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. And I'm curious, like, I know, are you, I know you used to go to church. I, if you are um, still going in this, in the Austin area, um, where are you going that resonates with this belief system? Well, that's my own teaching, my own, um, study. When I do A Course in Miracles, it's a self-study discovery. It's a practice. It's not a, it's a, it's a practice. And it right. coincides with my belief of my experience that I had, the profound experience that I had. And I did, I did go to a Unity Church and I was a prayer chaplain there for six years. And when I say a prayer chaplain, it's not that you go, oh God, help me, I'm a miserable you know, sinner, you say, oh God, you are present. You pray, you pray with people to claim and to affirm the strength that is in them, the, the love that surrounds them, the power that they are. And so that was part of my journey and my practice. I'm not going to unity now, but it was a wonderful, it has been a wonderful uh, experience for me. Yeah, yeah, we used to go there as well, but you're right. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's a way of life. It's practice, you know. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. That's awesome. Well, I had a random question for you here, a little uh, off topic, but I've always been really curious about routine. And do you have any personal morning or evening routines, whether that's like uh, daily meditation, prayer, working out, working out? Like, what, what, what's, your, what's your routine look like on a normal day? Well, yes, I try to do my meditation in the morning to set my consciousness, mm. to set to set my idea. And sometimes that might be, I, I might say, promises, I might say one word or two, and then I have it. Other times I might have to be in that, you know, work on myself for two to three hours. And then I'm at the plane where I feel good. Wow. So I try to do that in the morning, and then I do that at night, especially when things come up for healing, which means that we can let go of those limiting ideas. We always have to see the limiting idea so we can let it go and not a, and, and put our power into a constructive avenue. So I do that. I try to do that every day. And I also try to practice with the Course, do you have a certain thought? Like, you know, I am the Holy Child of God. I am the Holy Child of God herself, himself. Uh, I changed the Course that way. I put she for God, she and he. <laughs> I do both mother Yeah, father, yeah. You know? <laughs> Even though we're, you know, we're formless, actually. So I guess we have essences of both. But just for here, because I feel it's the time that women are in a place of, of where that power is going to be balanced between the female and the male, etc. So to me, that's important. I love that. And and so I practice, I try to practice every day, every moment, at least, 
you know, every hour or every every time or when I see someone, sometimes I might forget and then I say, oh, let me put my consciousness on this truth so it can lead me through. And uh, so I do that. Then I love to work out. Nice. I love to do weights. Um, it really balances me and, and, and I just feel happy. I might be tired going there when that time I work out. I'm like, oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. So, yes. And I love to go in nature and, and uh, you know, do hikes and things like that. So that's very important to me. That's awesome. That answers everything perfectly. Uh, one of my last questions here, in um, regards to plants, you know, we've had such incredible experiences with healing and Megan plants. Do you feel like plants were are here for our healing? Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. Because... If the, you see, everyone has, everyone's, everyone's heading in the same direction, hmm. but there are different ways that people are reached. And so for plants, it has been instrumental to help you. They're helpers. They're helpers. Hmm. Yes. They're helpers. And they helped you, and, 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 they, and they helped beautiful Megan. Hmm. So absolutely, that is right there, the answer. Oh, I love that. Well... Before we close out, um, how how can people reach you? What kind of people are you looking for right now in your practice, and uh, how can they reach you? Well, let me see. I I could. Uh, <laughs> I I'm trying to find my phone number. Where at People's Pharmacy on South Lamar, they can call okay. for me there, and uh, and then we can see about. You know, maybe setting an appointment there, yeah. or if somebody wants a spiritual consultation, you know, something like that. Absolutely. What What does a spiritual uh, consultation entail exactly? I'm curious because I love the well, way it sounds. <laughs> yes, but what it that is a inspirational experience, and and I've done them. Where it's a spiritual consultation, like a woman came the other day who works with children, children who have been abused in many ways, and their parents who maybe have cross addictions, whether it's alcohol, drugs, children who are despairing, and she's connected to stories and, and angels and all this, but it still gets to her, and I was able to talk to her there, and the words come. And then it helped her to lift her. And so that's how it is. Um, I had one where was a young lady. Uh, her mom brought her because um, her and her father, um, her husband and her were divorcing or were divorced. And, and then the child was kind of in the middle and feeling a lot of <clears throat> stress and anxiety because she was soaking up that energy. Mm. And so I was able the mother wanted me to consult with the daughter but the daughter was already like she knew about you know spiritual things a little bit she's a teenager what a beautiful girl what a boy she just lifted right up and when I said the thing words of truth because truth resonates I'm not convincing anybody I'm not trying to change what you believe I pray to tune in to spirit to the creator to say the voice of truth that resonates within each individual because the truth is in each individual and and to spark that light i i always considered myself like like that like uh, a catalyst 
Mm-hmm. So really the individual has the power. So I'm a catalyst. I've had people, one one woman who was almost choked to death, mm. another woman whose her daughter was uh, murdered, um, or maybe a, a man whose wife was then all of a sudden uh, having an affair. And, you know, <laughs> or it can just be... It can just be for for whatever. Like if somebody feels inclined and that they feel that they can use some encouragement to change their perspective. So kind of a, that's kind of like what a shaman does. So if it's you like it's the sound- medicine. Yes, a shaman shifts perspective. A person is focused and attached to a per- certain perspective, and a shaman with different tools can help to shift that. It's like you see the world, but when you know when you get on the monkey bar and you're upside down, doesn't the world look different? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you're like, this is exciting. This is, <laughs> I never saw the world this way. <laughs> well, it's amazing because it sounds like you just really get tapped in and tune in and you just allow spirit to channel through you. And so you give whatever message that person, you know, needs. Yes, that's why I say counselor. That's awesome. I love that. That's what I what I can do. Yeah, I love that. That's what I love to do. Thank you. I I do love to do that. And um, that's awesome. But we can tell you're super tuned in. That's funny. That's right before I ever go out to speak to my employees, I do a little uh, prayer of gratitude and just literally ask Spirit to channel through me too and help this be a conversation that helps them on their journey to a relationship with Spirit. You know, I feel like that's. uh, it's what oh. we do. But I, I love that. Zoma, you've been incredible. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on here. Um, Thank you. We, um, we always Thank ask, you both. We always ask one last question before we head oh. off. If you could leave the world with one message, what would it be? You are the light. You are the light of love. I love that. That is your true nature. That's beautiful. I love it. Um, Thank you so much again for coming on here, Zoma. You've been absolutely amazing. Anyone that wants to get in contact with her, uh, People's Pharmacy South Lamar in Austin, but you could also hit us up and we'll be happy to put you in contact with her with an awesome spiritual session. Yes. Thank you so much, Zoma. I'm so glad that you were able to do this. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you both so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. You too. Happy healing. Bye-bye.